Jack Griffin, City Manager here at the City of San Marcos. Welcome to the latest installment of the San Marcos City Podcast. Uh, today I'm going to be joined by uh, our Fire Chief, Dan Barron, and we're going to be talking about uh, COVID-19 vaccinations. Uh, Dan's been uh, leading not only the city's effort, but he's been instrumental in terms of uh, uh, the regional effort here in North County uh, in terms of the, the part of the vaccination program that uh, city governments and in particular fire departments are involved in. Um, so um, just sort of a, as, a, as a brief uh, lead in into that conversation, the city's not uh, engaged at the moment, at least, in uh, vaccinations of the general public. That's something that uh, the county of San Diego is doing with the various uh, sites around the county, including the, the new super uh, vaccinator site that they opened on Sunday, uh, January 31st at the uh, Cal State San Marcos. And that is, uh, as we understand it, ramping up to uh, hopefully get to be a capacity of about 5,000 vaccinations a day. Um, but that's, you know, well, that it'll, they'll work their way into that. Um, but our fire department's been more involved with uh, vaccinating um, emergency responders, uh, paramedics, fire, fire staff, um, those sorts of things, public, the, the sort of the first responder type um, folks. Um, and then as they finished that uh, task, um, then they were moving on to um, long-term care facilities and then employees and residents in those facilities. So uh, Dan's been instrumental and I'll let him do most of the talking about uh, what he's been doing and, and how the collaborative effort has gone in terms of um, the city and our, uh, our region as a whole. So hopefully you find it informative and enjoyable. So I'm joined by Dan Barron, the city's fire chief. Dan, welcome back to the podcast. Congratulations on being the first repeat guest on the podcast. <laughs> I feel very privileged. Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know if you should be less privileged. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Dan's been leading our efforts uh, at the city side in terms of vaccinations. Um, and I talked a little bit about before Dan came on that the city's not really involved in dealing with the general public at this point, but it's been a more targeted, focused effort on a couple of areas. So, Dan, why don't you talk a little bit about um, what you've been doing in terms of what the city's been doing. Also, uh, you've played a major role in North County and the whole region in terms of uh, coordinating all the efforts of the various agencies. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how that's gone and, um, and just what the experience has been like. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, absolutely. So... I would say uh, real close to Christmas, uh, we started uh, collaborating um, on how we were going to move forward with uh, the vaccination process. And uh, when I use uh, the word we, it's uh, collaboration between San Diego County Fire Authority uh, personnel leadership over there and local government agencies. So all the local uh, government fire agency uh, chiefs, uh, we, we meet on a monthly basis and um, that was uh, obviously heavy on our minds and uh, with, with a heavy priority that we wanted to be engaged to make sure that uh, we, uh, when we had the chance that we would jump on this vaccination process and make sure we get it out to, the, to our communities. So around Christmas, we were uh, developing some plans on how we were gonna march forward, uh, waiting uh, to collaborate 
and uh, be directed by county health on how we were going to uh, serve out uh, vaccinations for uh, San Diego County. So under the San Diego County Fire Authority uh, slash Cal Fire, uh, underneath their umbrella, uh, we have about uh, two dozen local government agencies all the way from the, the north end of San Diego all the way down to the south. And we're operating uh, under an incident named Operation Collaboration. And the sole focus is to get vaccinations uh, out to uh, the community uh, under tasked uh, uh, processes by HHSA or County Health. And with the opening up of phases and tiers, we would uh, streamline that process and be in alignment with the expectation uh, from the county. And uh, so starting on December 30th, we, that was our first day of uh, official vaccinations. And we started out with uh, phase 1A tier 1, which uh, tier 1 and tier 2 with, with our first responders. And uh, those were our first clients. So we uh, vaccinated ourselves, uh, first responders throughout the county. Um, and we uh, began that first, that first round of vaccinations. Took us about two weeks to get through. Uh, uh, most of the first responders that were uh, willing to get vaccinated wanted to get vaccinated, and uh, we actually just uh, just well, we're still in the process, but we're almost uh, finalized with the second dose or second vaccination of first responders. So I think we get probably about another another week or two. And then there's also those those tricklers that are that are changing their minds and coming in and getting sure. vaccinated. So we're we'll we'll have that revolving door for a little bit. Uh, but Operation Collaboration, uh, as I stated before, is about two dozen local government agencies that knew that we needed to get out to the community and, and have a, a, a focus on uh, communities that, um, that were either underserved um, and that were within the tiers uh, that uh, County Health and obviously the state of California has, has opened up. So we've remained diligent and focused and, and working on those relationships with the county and, and, and each other from, uh, from an agency perspective. So we are currently vaccinating uh, all of phase 1A, tier 1, tier 2, tier 3. Uh, we just opened up phase 1B, which is uh, tier 1, which is just a portion of tier 1, which is 65 and older. Uh, we started that, uh, that process last week. And so, and so when you say the 65 and older, those are folks that are still within the realm of the public safety, or not public safety, but the emergency services or partner agencies, what have you. It's not the general public. Correct. Our, our operation is just focused on that, on right. that group that you just mentioned, 65 emergency workers and, and partnering, uh, partnering agencies within operation collaboration. Um, so pretty much our, our basis of operation is, is twofold. We have a, a two prong approach. So we have two fixed sites, one down in El Cajon and then one in Carlsbad. And uh, we have, we, we call them the pods or point of distribution. And those are the actual vaccination teams. In addition to that, we have the ability to stand up uh, three additional pods that are mobile. And so our, our big priority after we moved uh, to first responders, or once we got that first uh, set of vaccinations off to a, a good start, uh, HHSA had tasked us with um, going and serving our long-term care facilities. And that's been a, a, a big undertaking uh, by the operation. And it's been a, a big priority because as you can, as you can imagine, our, our hospitals are, are filling up with patients, uh, whether it's related to COVID or not, uh, we're seeing an impact uh, directly on our emergency rooms and ultimately ICU. 
Um, and uh, in order to get those, those patients uh, to further care out of the ICU, uh, we needed to focus on the long-term care facilities. And so vaccinating long-term care facilities, employees and patients gave or, or will give us the ability to move some of those patients that can move out of ICU and go to some long-term care facilities uh, with, with, the, with the notion that they're going to be uh, protected once they go to those long-term care sure. facilities. And uh, so there's, you know, there's about 1,300 long-term care facilities in the county. Uh, and uh, I would say, you know, a, a good percentage of those have agreements with uh, either Walgreens or CVS. And so it's just a matter of us sorting throughout that list and figuring out if they have a contract with those, uh, with those, um, with either Walgreens or CVS. And if they don't, then we will schedule a, a vaccination day where we come out uh, we get their, you know, the numbers from them and we come prepared with a team. Uh, we evaluate their site. Uh, we make sure we give education pieces. They fill out the proper documentation and we, we start vaccinating. And so we've worked uh, with, with County Health. We've worked through those 1,300 sites and we're, we're down to about the low 300s, about three, I guess we're about 303 uh, to be specific. Uh, 303 uh, facilities left to either confirm they have either a contract or if they need us to come out and uh, provide vaccinations uh, for uh, for their for their employees and patients. So we're making good progress on that end of uh, on that end of things. Um, and in the meantime, at our fixed sites, we've been we've been vaccinating uh, employees, uh, emergency workers uh, with within the partnership of Operation Collaboration, uh, the 65 and plus. This last weekend, we, uh, we actually made a, a pretty big, significant jump out to Borrego Springs, which is one of our okay. rural communities. So that's another, um, another prong to uh, the approach that we're taking is, is serving um, those rural communities within San Diego County. Sure. So we had uh, our first day uh, this, this uh, past weekend out in Borrego, and, and we were able to vaccinate 400 people in one day, which was uh, a pretty good feat for... Uh, uh, for a team of vaccinators that went out there. So um, we got two days done at Borrego. Um, and uh, then this week we, we continue to um, focus on long-term care facilities and look at some other rural areas. We'll be uh, getting out to Julian sometime okay. this week uh, to serve that community. So when you talk about the teams that go out, so those are made up of representatives of the different agencies. And so, you know, uh, I, I guess, uh, a San Marcos person, a fire person, be out there as a vaccinator, an Escondido, a Vista, and so we sort of build these cross-jurisdictional teams to go out, um, which is really cool to think about because it's it follows in the the, the model that fire departments use on the typical emergencies that fire departments deal with, but we're kind yeah. of applying that same management structure and sort of uh, mutual aid structure to, to help each other do this, which is, I think, uh, I don't think we've, we've trained much for this kind of stuff in the no. past, but we're getting a lot of it right now and we should be good at it. Hopefully we never have to use it again. Yeah, hopefully not. And uh, you're exactly right. So uh, I mentioned operation collaboration and, and every, Every incident that we go on uh, during the summer, whether it's a, a major uh, wildland fire, even you know smaller wildland fire to, to the mudslides a couple years ago, we create an incident and that incident is named uh, based off either you know where it happened or, or whatever task that we're focused on. And so this is just another element, um, something that we're not used to doing, uh, but we're getting we're, we're getting organized and we're getting better. And I think. Uh, after this, we'll be we'll be really good at vaccinations, and and like you said, I hope that we we never have to go down that path again. But 
Uh, absolutely. It's, you know, uh, we have about two dozen uh, agencies that are, um, that are involved. And so, we, you know, we'll have a, a pod or a team that's between 10 and 12 people. Um, and each person has a, a specific job. So we have to have somebody that's monitoring the vaccine uh, with a cooler. So they're monitoring uh, that vaccine every 30 minutes, uh, making sure that it's uh, staying within temperature. We have people that are, uh, are tram, you know, trans, um, transiting the, the vaccine to and from, uh, the actual vaccinators, the check-in people, the, the observation people. So everybody's got their role. Um, and if you're a vaccinator, we had to go through some, some special training on each, each vaccination. So whether it was Moderna or Pfizer, you had to uh, learn how to, uh, provide the vaccination. Um, and so every job's, uh, very specific as far as, uh, each pod. Um, and it's, it's definitely been a learning curve, but it's been something that we, that we're good at, which is the collaboration piece is sure. working as a team and trying to figure how we're, um, how we're going to evolve and get better. Uh, and more efficient to uh, serve to serve our public, um, but yeah, every team's going to have a different member. It's not going to be all one department, and that's one of the one of the awesome things about this whole process is just the the collaborate you know the collaboration piece. So you could have two cow you know two cow fire San Diego Fire County Authority employees, one Escondido, one Carlsbad, one San Marcos, one Vista, uh, and and not to forget about our our central zone um, Heartland. Uh, Alpine, you know, uh, Bar uh, Barona, uh, Santee. So all those agencies are just getting together and we're putting a team together and just, just trying to make the, the best of what we got. That's really, I mean, it's really great. The, the, the level of cooperation that happens, um, uh, the fire department's pioneered this uh, through all the experience they've gained. So one of the other things that's probably not thought about as much is that, I don't want to say the toll, because that might sound like too much hard of a word, but, but essentially the, the toll that it's taken on our staffing um, it was a very busy summer mm -hmm. um, for your department, thankfully not here, um, but in Northern California and Central California, um, we had a very busy summer. We had a lot of folks that were assigned to various fires. Um, just the day-to-day -day of dealing with the normal call volume that we deal with and the whole COVID thing hovering over it, um, and then the now the ramping up of the, the vaccine effort on top of that. So I know that... Um, I mean, for our staff, you know, we can't say thanks enough for everybody because, because literally the work you guys are doing is, is saving lives on a daily basis. Um, but it's been a highly stressful time. And so what are some of the things that we've tried to do? I know you kind of went off, I'll say off duty because you're here <laughs> working today, but you went off of, uh, the program for this week. And that's typically how these work. When, um, when you guys get sent out on the fire, you'll be on for a couple of weeks and then off before you get another one. So you're sort of rotating through. So what are some of the things that we try to do to help the staff to, um, that's doing all their normal jobs and then having to pick up these extra pieces on top of that? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a really, really busy year and, and, our priority is our, always our people first, because if we, um, if we're not taking care of them, how do we expect for them to take care of other people? Yeah. And so we want to make sure that, um, that they're getting the needed rest, that they're spending time with their families and, you know, having a reset, you know, to kind of feel rejuvenated, to get back to work and, and stay focused and stay sharp, uh, with what they're, what they're being tasked with. So as you had mentioned, I've been with the, I've been with the incident, um, since just about Christmas Eve. Um, so I was going on day 34 <laughs> and I think we all recognize that there, there comes a point where you, you need to kind of reset. Yeah. Um, so currently right now I'm on a, I'm on a seven day reset. 
You had uh, two interesting fires in the middle of it. Yeah, two. <laughs> I had to bounce out of one meeting and go, yeah, which was actually, it was a, a welcome break just to kind of refocus uh, uh, the mind a little bit. Uh, unfortunate that we had a fire, but, you know, it, it, it definitely... Um, Turned out it, okay. It, it broke out, uh, broke broke up the, the, the monotony of... of of just COVID all the time. Right. So it was, it was a, it was a nice break. And, and, unfortunately our, our guys did a, an, a great job. Um, again, collaborating with other agencies and, um, having them come and, and support, um, our personnel and, and engaging in that fires in those two fires. So, um, but going back to, you know, I, I'm, I'm on a seven day reset, uh, but I'm still here at work so that I can focus on, um, my most, uh, my highest priority, which is being the fire chief of San Marcos and just coming back in and making sure that we're, uh, we're good, uh, to go from a, from a fire department and I have great people that are working for me. And so it's, um, it's great to be able to rely on good people that are doing, uh, their best, uh, in their, in their daily job so that when I return, it's, it's, uh, as if I, I never walked away. Okay. Um, so from that perspective, it's been been fantastic. So uh, at the end of seven days, I'll go back to the incident and uh, I'll rotate out with one of the other uh, incident commanders. So they'll get a seven day reset when okay. I come back. But as far as our, 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 our troops that are actually out there vaccinating, um, one of the, the great things about this collaboration piece is that all the North Zone agencies have contributed personnel. Uh, so it's not one big impact from one agency. We're, we're all sharing sharing the load um, from a responsibility standpoint. And so, you know, this week we had one person from San Marcos that was on that vaccination team, not including the command staff, but actually vaccinators. And so we're able to spread that out um, throughout the North Zone. And then they'll, they'll uh, work for 14 days straight. Um, and when I say straight, that they'll be vaccinating every day and resting at night. Um, but we know that we have that person for 14 days. And at the end of the 14 days, we'll rotate somebody else through so that they can return back to their, their daily job and um, be able to spend time uh, with their families. And we're hoping that that process uh, will allow for some, some opportunities to rest um, and, and stay, stay sharp on, on what, they're, um, what they're expected to, you know, what they're expected to do. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, you know, th that's the one key element that uh, as fire chiefs, we need to look at our personnel and see, uh, where they've been, what they've done, and uh, how we can take care of them so that they can keep moving on, and, you know, for the future. Sure. So um, th those rest periods are are critical in order for us to meet the the, the demands of the community. So. So do you guys have a sense once you get through the long term care facilities, what might be next for Operation Collaboration? Well, we know it'll be another tier. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we're just waiting for for the county to. Um, provide us with that information and yeah. we're, we're preparing and planning for that next tier to open. Okay. Um, we still have a little bit of uh, a ways to go with the uh, long-term care facilities, except, you know, with, with the fact that we do see, see some light at the end of the tunnel with that. Um, but we're going to prepare for the next tier, um, hoping to uh, expand a little bit and uh, bring uh, the community into some of those pods uh, when, it, when, when we're tasked uh, by County health. Sure. So the other thing, obviously, the county's doing in partnership with various hospital groups and universities is they're establishing the more public-focused uh, uh, vaccination sites. And so, um, as I said earlier, the, uh, the Cal State San Marcos eventually super vaccination site was uh, stood up on Sunday. 
January 31st. And so they're, they're out there. I'll put the link in the show notes for uh, the appointment site on the, on the county's website. Um, Cause you have to kind of, for these uh, public sites, you have to go through an appointment process and, and uh, it's, it's gotta be uh, patient and persistent um, when you're trying to get those appointments, they fill up fast. Um, but uh, so that's not something that we're directly involved with. Um, I suspect that if they asked for our help, we would give it to the extent that we could. Um, but that's those those public ones, whether they're the ones in the Peco Park one or down in Chula Vista at the Sharp uh, facility or the one up here now at the at the university is is really something that's being run by other entities. Yeah, exactly. And and I think the <clears throat> the name of our operation is that collaboration piece. And so if they asked us to uh, to be part of um, part of their process and it approved by County Health, we would actually you know, absolutely be willing to partner and collaborate. Um, I think our focus, the difference between our operation and, and those super sites is that we're being a little bit more surgical with our approach to certain communities that aren't able to get out to those super sites. Right. Um, and the long-term care facilities was a, was a, a great endeavor um, that we'll hope, we'll hope to, um, we'll, you know, come to finality here pretty quick. So I think our, we're a little bit smaller of a group. We're not able to expand like the super sites are, and we're actually mobile and going out to those, those areas that are, um, that they need us to come out to. They just don't have the, um, the sites or, or, um, the means to actually get vaccinated, um, and, and serving some of those, those, um, those age groups that are a little bit older that may have a little bit tougher time getting online and following, mm-hmm. following a link and, even even the most savvy people are having a little bit difficult yep, time with with those links. So yeah, it's tricky. We're providing that support to you so that we can we can get people uh, signed up and um, get them in and get them vaccinated. So the collaboration piece is huge across the board. Even if it's a little, just a small uh, snippet of going out there and and working on planning or just providing some recommendations, um, that's all part of it. So the more super sites that we get up uh, stood up, uh, helps our operation and, you know, we're there to support their operations too. So, um, the more sites we get up, the better it's going to be for, for everybody. Yeah, and I think for, for, for folks out there, if you're, if you're 65 and up and, um, you're working through that and you're having a harder time getting appointment, please also check with your doctor. I'm not sure, um, to the extent that they have vaccinations at some of the local doctor levels, but I know that eventually that's part of the plan. Um, so if you're, um, you should be you should be in contact with your 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 direct medical provider. Um, if you know someone who's now sixty who's sixty five and older but might not have the online access, and you can help them, uh, please reach out to folks because um, it's 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 one thing we do know about COVID nineteen is if you're older and have some conditions, this can be a really horrendous thing. Um, so uh, we want to try and get that population that's at the most risk. Uh, taken care of as fast as we can. So, yeah, please uh, pay attention both to the county site and also to your your healthcare provider because eventually they they should ho- have vaccinations too. Hopefully, absolutely sooner rather than later. Well, Dan, thanks very much. Can't uh, thank you and your staff and and all of the fire personnel throughout the county um, for everything they've done. Um, I know uh, walking through the the pod we had at the, our training center early on, um, how appreciative this folks were the fire personnel at that point that was early on um were to have a place to come in uh, that was well organized and running well and easy to get to and all that sort of stuff um and it was a pretty seamless process um so we just uh we can't thank you guys enough for everything you've done you've been on the front lines of this thing since i don't know it's 
technically, I guess it started in March of 2020, but it probably yeah. started a month or two before yeah. that without us knowing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you guys have been on the front lines of it from day one, and so thanks very much for everything you've done. Well, that's what we're here for, and um, you know, we we all signed up to be part of a career that you know we never knew what we were going to be facing, and I don't think we any of us ever imagined that we'd be facing something like this. But you know, uh, together, you know, we're 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 stronger together as a team, and uh, very fortunate to have a city that supports us in in those endeavors and and provides some expectation and some clear direction. So we thank you for the support as well. Okay, thanks very much, Dan. Interesting. And um, if you see any of our folks, our fire folks, please uh, t- let them know you appreciate everything they're doing. Um, like I said to Dan, they've been on the front lines and um, and they know this is the job they all signed up for. Um, and, 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 and having over 30 some career, your career, gotten to know a lot of people in the fire service. I, I know that they, you know, they kind of they're the type of personalities that relish um, not the problems that this is, but the challenge that the, these kinds of uh, situations present. That's why they're so good at it. Um, but uh, it's a drain. Um, it's a drain physically. It's a drain emotionally. It's a drain on their families. So um, keep them all in your thoughts as they're out there responding to the 10,000 or so calls for service we get every year, which hasn't changed really, um, as well as all this other work that they're doing on top of that to try and um, and get us all safe as, uh, as safe as we can be, um, in this, uh, weird time. Um, so, uh, I guess I'll just close it out by saying, um, might as well keep it on the COVID, uh, situation. Um, today being, um, the second day of February, Groundhog Day. Um, I don't know. I have friends back in Pennsylvania and I don't think he saw his shadow today. Um, so I think that's six more weeks of winter for them. I think that's the way that worked. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, I've been to Punxsutawney, and uh, it's, a, it's a cool little town uh, north of Pittsburgh. Um, it's, uh, if anybody can spell it on the first try, that's always uh, impressive. Um, but I did want to talk a little bit. Uh, so today's uh, um, report uh, came out, uh, was the first day since November 29th, I think it was, that there were less than 1,000 new cases uh, in the county. Um, and the testing volume has dropped off as well. So that indicates there's not only are there fewer people with flu-like symptoms going to get tested, obviously there's fewer people with actually testing positive with COVID. It's been a, um, it's been a, I want to say a slow decline because it actually dropped uh, pretty precipitously from three or so weeks ago for a week or two. And, but the, the, the decline in cases is continuing, which is very good news, uh, albeit at a little slower pace than it was um, uh, three weeks ago when we were in the 4,500 range for, uh, and well over 3,000 many days a week. And so to have a day below a thousand on the heels of, I think probably six of the last seven days, um, we're in the one thousands. It's, um, it's still a lot of people. I'm not trying to minimize the, um, the number. Um, but it's, um, but it's, 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 it's good down downward movement. And that number is good news. And so, um, hopefully that downward movement continues. Um, commensurate with that, the hospitalization rate in terms of how many people are in the hospital for COVID has dropped. I think it was, um, you know, 17 or 1800 and it's down, down in the 1300s. Um, and the, the ICU usage has been dropping as well. Um, I think unfortunately the deaths um, have, have kind of stayed um, steady. 
Um, so that's obviously horrible news um, on that front. But you'd like to think that um, that that'll start to obviously uh, fall, uh, start to fall as well with the other um, with the other statistics. Simply because I think that's a trailing statistic. It's it's horrible to think about it that way. But um, you know, you get you get tested positive. You may not be very sick. Then you get sick. Then obviously things can get worse. Um, but that's the, that's, the, you know, that, that statistic's always going to trail the other one. So, um, I think there's, you know, hope, there's hope on the horizon. Um, the, um, like we talked about with Dan, the, the, the super vaccination site is up and running at Cal State San Marcos. Um, all I can really tell people is to be persistent on the county's website with, um, the appointments. They're difficult to get. Um, it's, there's a lot of people, um, my wife and I talked about it. it it's it's kind of like my youth in Philadelphia at the Sam Goody record store, um, you know, trying to get Rolling Stones tickets back in 1981, I think it was. And you had to camp out at night and, um, and to get in line, a good place in line. I mean, this isn't quite the same, obviously, but um, but it's a challenge. And I think the only way to, um, you know, to, to do it is you got to be, you got to sort of be patient and persistent with it um, and keep checking back. Um, to, you know, especially if you, if you're, um, you have someone that, uh, is in that 65 and older, um, it's really important to try and get them, uh, an appointment and get them vaccinated, um, as soon as you can. So, um, if you're in that age group, stay with it, keep trying. Um, I think that, you know, hopefully the, the supply of vaccines stays up and as the County opens more sites, it'll, you know, it'll get easier um, but obviously it's a challenge right now. Um, but stay with it. Um, and, and like I said, and we're, we're talking to Dan, I said, I think the other thing that's really important is there's a lot of people relying on those public sites and, and that's all fine, but please keep in touch with your doctors. I mean, if you're, if you've got a, a regular doctor, um, they're, um, whether they're going to get vaccines or not, I'm not sure if every doctor is going to get some or whether it's going to be certain practices of certain sizes or how that's going to work. Um, but stay uh, in touch with your doctors. Um, they'll be able to give you some insight, hopefully, as to um, either other, maybe other options uh, be, beyond the public sites. Um, so approach it from a, a multi-faceted uh, kind of a thing, um, direction. Um, so with that, I hope everyone um, stays safe. Um, and uh, the the end, as we as we talk in the office, the light is in the tunnel, and it is still getting a little bit brighter and um, that train will arrive and it won't run us over. It'll be, it'll be the train we all want to jump on and get back to normal. Um, So uh, just stay with it and uh, be optimistic and, and stay safe. So thanks again for listening. Um, And uh, if you're, if you're a subscriber, thank you very much for doing that. Um, Please pass the word along. Um, We would, we do want to try and use this platform as a, as a way to reach uh, more and more people as we can. Um, and uh, so please pass along that we're doing the podcast and encourage people to supply, uh, to a supply, <laughs> encourage people to subscribe. And, um, and again, um, please, uh, reach out to us at podcast at sand marcos.net. If you have any suggestions or complaints or, um, or requests for, uh, things that we might want to take on. So with that, I, uh, thanks again for listening and we look forward to furthering the conversation of San Marcos down the road. Thanks.